0: All right, well, hello down there. Welcome back to the Chisicinnancy. Before we get started, make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this video, and let's just jump into it. Today, it's episode 29 of the Chisicinnancy podcast. You guys were wondering, how long can this thing go? I remember when we were starting the channel, people were like, So you got a couple episodes worth? And I was like, oh, we're just going to keep going. (laughs) Um, So uh, today we're talking about The Ones. Yeah.
1: So The Ones would be... uh, I don't even really know how to describe them because they're so unique.
0: Yeah. They are... um, They're just The Ones, man. Uh, So, okay, here's the thing. I know we have a lot of fans that are more hardcore fans of Star Wars that would know... Oh, yeah, The Ones. And then you have the surface level fan, or the average fan, the casual fan, and so... The Chadra fan. ah, (laughs) That was pretty good. So our goal always is to service both. Right. Um, And so, uh, that's what we're going to try to do today. So, the ones are introduced, in my opinion, in the most interesting arc of Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, I think... Not Not the craziest. Well... Not, you know, there's that stuff with the Wills and Yoda later I, yeah, on. Yeah, I think that's, that's maybe
1: the most interesting to me just because it's the most pertinent to Star Wars as a whole. That's true. This
0: one uh, to me... It's definitely the most unique. It's the most unique, and if you guys who know me personally are watching this, I mean I can't imagine anyone watching, doesn't know one of us personally, hey, you know, you never know. But, uh... I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like, I'm a realist. Like, I know when things are a little bit kooky and a little bit out of there, but that doesn't keep me from watching ancient aliens. Right. I want to... You know what I'm saying? I want to yeah. explore those things. And so the ones are the ancient aliens of the Clone Wars. That's a really good way of putting it. You like that? Yeah, I like that. One. um So, we'll jump into this, and per usual, over the last couple of weeks, since we've been doing kind of character treatments, um, what we'll do is uh, we'll go into, you know, canon. So, this is stuff that is true yeah within the star wars universe and then again like we've been doing with the jawas and stuff like that we'll jump into legends yeah. and legends is where it really gets buck wild it does and
1: it's not gonna be we were watching some videos earlier and this guy was like this is the canon that i've selected and i think you might like it better than the canon that they're feeding us and i mm-hmm. was like you're making stuff up
0: buddy. yeah the con the the term there is head canon, which means it only belongs in your head that's right. why you don't make a youtube video of it um, so, yeah, every once in a while, if if we want to talk about something, but we need to brush up on our on our knowledge, you know, we'll reread a book or we'll watch a, a video to catch up or just things like that. Um, and so, yeah, this guy was like, here's what I think. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's, what is it? Who are you, Ryan Johnson? <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. He was taking a page out of uh, Adam
1: Savage's notebook from the early episodes of Mythbusters where he says, I reject your reality and substitute, substitute my, my own. own. That's so funny. One of his one of his classic lines. All right, I'm gonna hit you with the one two buckaroo. Shoot you from the hip. Do you have any news? News.
0: I knew you were gonna do that to me. Um, not off the top of my head. Um, let me think. I feel like it's kind of stalled out here for a minute. Uh we yeah. There's 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 always material out. coming out. So for instance, this week the young adult novel uh, Poe Dameron Freefall came out, yes. and it's kind of uh, it's. It's a little bit of Poe's backstory before um, the sequel trilogy, and it has a lot to do with Zori Bliss uh, and stuff like that. So that's pretty neat. Um, when you then, uh,
1: get deeper into the novel, you have to let me know if it's just a coincidence their last name is Bliss.
0: <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, other than that, nothing super crazy. Um, not that I can think of. But I'm really excited about this episode. The ones. Yeah, this is a topic I've kind of been stymied
1: by Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time just because we know what we know, and you have so many questions that come up, you know, based on
0: what's seen in the three or four episodes. Well, like questions, that Legends content that was going on while the Clone Wars was coming out answered, but then right as that stuff happened, Disney took over, and now. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do, Samuel. I'm gonna let you kind of shoulder the um, the canon mm. material, um, and then I'll jump into legends uh, because the legends material is basically all out of a what do you call a a series of nine things, like a trilogy? A what do you what do you call that? A nineology? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just a series. Yeah, we would just call At it that a point. Series. Um, What do they call it? The Skywalker Saga? Yeah, I guess. Uh, A series of books called The Fate of the Jedi. And the interesting thing about The Fate of the Jedi is it's the furthest we ever really got in Legends material before the Disney purchase. And that's where the Legends material for The Ones comes about. Mm -hmm. And um, anyways, I'll jump into all that. So uh, take it away.
1: Yeah, so we've got The Ones are introduced in what? Most people would refer to as the Mortis Arc uh, takes place on. It's not really even a planet because it's, uh, I guess, the closest thing we have to a flat Earth in Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of... um, In Star Wars Rebels, there's the place called the World Between Worlds. Right. And it exists, but it's not really on a map. Right, and I feel like Mortis
1: is kind of. I feel that like thing. the Mor- Mortis is kind of like the room of requirement within the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's very um, unplottable. Mm-hmm. It exists where it wants to, and even trickier. Yeah, and it uh, it's cool because it seems like as uh, the day progresses, it changes in seasons, and the weather's really extreme. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so full of life, and at the same time, it's so full of death. Yeah, there's people we know
0: that they live life that fast. That every day <laughs> is a season, but um, but yeah, on Mortis exactly. Yeah, um, so I couldn't help it. Um, but as if you know, you know. <laughs> um, but on Mortis, it's it's interesting because the day has multiple seasons to it, right? But at the same time. It's almost as if time doesn't even exist. It's so slow because these are near. These are basically eternal beings. Right. So
1: we looked up a timeline, and I think the canon timeline is like a hundred thousand BBY that these beings first came into uh, existence. Right? Um,
0: something like that. It, well, they're they're before that. As far as we know, they've always been about. There's not really a timeline for them. The thing, the timeline you're thinking of is another character that is from the legends that is attached to The Ones. Okay, okay. So that would have been when she came along. Gotcha. A little teasy-teasy.
1: Well, you know. Mm. Uh, So they're also known, if they're not known as uh, The Ones, they're Mm -hmm. kind of titled The Overlords, which is the first episode that they Mm -hmm. um, appear in is The Overlords. It's season three, episode 15. Yep. Um, And what it seems to be is that the more you get to explore these individuals, the more they seem like they're the embodiment of the type or portion of the Force that they align with. Yeah, they're basically... They're so in tune with
0: the Force, it's almost as if the Force flows with their will. Right. They're a, um, you know, forever, forever, forever. We always heard the balance of the Force, the balance of the Force, mm-hmm. the balance of the Force. And uh, light side, dark side, and there's supposed to be a balance. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, There's a... they are a family that makes up a microcosm Mm -hmm. of what... Well done. Thank you. Um, They're basically a small, easy-to-see picture, almost like a living parable of what the Force is. Mm -hmm. And so there's three members to this family. And so obviously you have the father, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, then there's the son and the daughter. And so, uh, very, very, and it's cool because even within the animation style of Clone Wars, these characters have a very unique art style to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they I also, look different. Also, they're
1: huge. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, they meet the daughter first, mm-hmm. Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. They appear to these coordinates. They are in communication with Rex. They're both at the same place on the map, and they can't find each other. hmm um, essentially so there's this... they get tractor beamed in they wake up, they don't remember who landed the plane or the, the ship Right. Um, and the daughter welcomes them, greets them starts guiding them to meet the father and, and she's, she's, she's like head and shoulders taller than Anakin yeah, she's, she's massive
0: she's super tall and the cool thing is the daughter is an embodiment of the light side of the mm-hmm. force and so she has like this grace there's a grace yeah. about her where she's kind of flowy uh, very Sidious from Star Wars Battlefront where he's just like ye, just kind of like floating to where, you know, where he's going to be. But anyways, uh, and she also has this light about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, no pun intended. She's, right. she's an embodiment of the light side of the force. But she's also a, there's like a glow, a, mm-hmm. a physical glow to right. her. Um, and then her counterpart... Is the
1: sun. The sun. Who... Funny enough, he's voiced by Sam Witwer. Obviously, who else are you going to get to do that? But
0: he kind
1: of looks like Sam Witwer.
0: He a looks bit. a lot, and in fact, you know, as I was watching Star Wars, Darth Maul wasn't back yet, right? In Clone Wars, and so when I heard the voice, I wasn't as attuned to it. Mm-hmm. You know, now see, I was
1: because I played so much of the Force Unleashed. Right. You know, immediately. Also, his face kind of looks like a Udo a, 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 a Pow. Pal.
0: Yeah, Powen. Yeah. Palin. Um, so when I it's I, I, I recognized his voice. But his facial expressions were so on point that I was like, "That's Sam Woodward." Like I just knew right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm a big Force Unleashed fan myself, and so I was like, "That looks like Sam Woodward." And then, of course, I heard it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What's going on?" And for a moment before the story unfolds, I was like, "Oh my god, they found a way to have a almost like a Star Killer character." Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, basic like this is like this, this blows is the Star- Force Unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this blows Star Killer out of the water. Yeah. Um, so you have the daughter who's an embodiment of the light side of the Force. Mm-hmm. Then you have the son who is an embodiment of the dark side. And also a. it's cool because it's like, okay, so the light side of the Force, the daughter, she's going to be nice. He's going to be mean. Like, It's much more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And you have the the joy and the freedom that the daughter kind of moves with. I think it's kind of a part of that grace that you see her actually Mm -hmm. physically move with is because there's that lightness there's that peace Mm -hmm. um to the light side of the force and throughout the arc you see the son is very tormented and he's very
1: um you know even from the beginning when he knows who anakin is he knows why the father's kind of pulled him in yeah he's still operating from within the shadows from the Mm get-go you know he's manipulating anakin through force visions and illusions right um, very dark side tendencies that you would expect someone who is an embodiment of the dark side to to use, to employ. Yeah, very um, extremely powerful mm-hmm. and couldn't be more paranoid. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, something else that was interesting is that both of the son and the daughter, I don't think you see the father do it, but... Hmm. Um, they kind of shapeshift, and they turn into flying creatures. Yeah, you never, the father never does that. Um, and what I thought was interesting while I was playing Jedi Fallen Order is when you're on uh, Dathomir, you fight a creature that's dark side that looks very, very much like what the sun turns into. Oh, really? And then on the opposite, you have Kashik, which is a light side force nexus, and right. you kind of rescue and fly on top of a creature that looks very much like what the daughter turns Almost into. Almost like a, kind of like a hippogriff. Yeah, from Harry Potter. Except for this one is massive.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have the hippogriff, which is like what the daughter turns into. It's like a lime green. It's cool because it's glowy. reptilian, but it also has feathers. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very Narnia ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon right. meets Dark Side, which is which what the son turn turns into. I
1: was I was thinking I would rather turn into what the daughter turns into just because it has more hands. Mm.
0: The,
1: the son he just has legs and then like little hooks on the edges of his wings.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought like the Sun's character could have been more it was very like not satanic like in a religious sort of way, but very dark and evil, mm-hmm. scary Satan kind of Halloween look. Um I wish that he would have been more less rounded in the face. Yeah. I don't know. It looked like toothless yeah, to me, so very, I was like very loath oh. cat in the face. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Very know, like meh, a nice semicircle face. And, uh something more To the point, would have been more, I guess, a more aggressive look. Um, But we never do see the father ever shapeshift. Yeah. I don't think he has to.
1: I think what's cool about that, or just the thought of it, is that he kind of leans more light side force ideas as far as not wanting um, to rule. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He does it more out of necessity than out of desire. Yeah. At the same time, yeah, you, you know it's him, out of necessity because he's freaking exhausted. Right. And you see him interacting with the sun, and he's completely uh, undaunted by the existence of dark side mm-hmm. uh, powers and usage. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a, an unusual comfortability with both ends of the spectrum that you don't really see with anyone else.
0: Yeah, whenever you see, um, you know, Qui Gon, who is very like, I'm just following the force. When he mm-hmm. meets Darth Maul for the first time on Tatooine, he's like, I don't know what that was, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's very winded. Obviously it's because he hasn't fought us. you know, never fought a Sith before. Mm-hmm. But emotionally and and mentally you can see that it was a shock to him. Mm-hmm. And the father's like, there goes my dark side son doing dark side things. Yeah. Uh I think he does lean a little bit light, but I think this is this is head canon, lol. This is my opinion. Um, but I think the force itself is good
1: in th- a way i
0: think in the dark side is more of a perversion and breaking the will of the forest to fit your plans does that make sense i think it looks that way because we're writing good versus bad well in the Force
1: itself is a balance of life and death mm-hmm. even though it recognizes death as a natural part of that circle it also preserves the life
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know what i mean so that preservation just seems like a light side tendency hmm. even though it's all part of one cycle. Does that yeah. make sense?
0: Yeah. Well, the thing so is, I think like a natural balance looks more light side than dark side. Right, 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 right. Because I think that the there can be a balance. Um, I don't really believe in gray Jedi, but I do think that there are people who um there's that balance there where Luke could use his Frustration or his anger to defeat Vader and not let it take him completely over the edge. The way of the Vornsker. There you go. Man, I like that. Um, And so basically, the Jedi are there. Really, Obi Wan and Anakin don't really matter in this, or Obi Wan and Ahsoka don't really matter as much in this arc as Anakin. anakins they're along for the ride. They're riding Anakin's chosen one coattails.
1: Pretty much. But
0: he's been brought there by the father to replace the father Mm -hmm. because he is the chosen one. Because he's the chosen one. It's cool. I think this is maybe the purest
1: recognition we have of Anakin as being significant other than just being somebody who can essentially be manipulated by both sides. Yeah,
0: it's interesting because you have the whole midi-chlorian count, which caused right. an uproar in the 90s and early 2000s, where it's like, well, that's not fair, it's selective, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and then you have the Plagueis novel, which basically says that Plagueis' insidious manipulation of the Force created Anakin. Mm-hmm. Or that it was a way of the Force
1: pushing back.
0: Right. And then, and then so in canon now... And according to George Lucas, you know, the dark was becoming extremely powerful, Mm -hmm. and right as it was getting ready to take over the entire galaxy, the Force created balance by making Anakin as a force for good, Mm -hmm. which says a freaking lot about Palpatine and Plagueis. Yeah. The two of them needed Anakin to be born to undo their work. And one of the cool things, uh, I'm
1: in the middle of Plagueis again right now, and... Some cool things that really tie into this idea is that in the novel, they reference the ones. Um, oh, in Plagueis they yeah, do? Yeah, it talk- and it's just in passing. And if you mm. don't know what it's talking about, you wouldn't know what it's talking about. But it talks about um, these incredible beings that are unique mm. and end up bonding themselves with the Force. Mm. Um kind of is what you see is that embodiment of the force by that bond dang i wonder if that's if that's if that is what he's referencing that's pretty impressive i think it is because we looked it up and the book *Plagueis* was released after this episode arc had happened right right. and george lucas was the one who created all the ideas for *Plagueis*. it was just james lucino who wrote it Mm -hmm. um so classic george to have all that going on but at the same time uh it has a description of what Plagueis looked like in the Force mm-hmm. towards the end of his life. And it says that he just looked like a, uh, an orange whirlpool of energy. Like that he had transformed his body into something capable of containing all of the power of the dark side. God bless. Which is
0: incredible. That's why I don't like the cheap, the cheap death. Mm. I don't want to get into spoilers, but yeah. um, to get back on subject, though, uh, the, the father brings Anakin there to create balance because his, um, his task of keeping the light and the dark, his son and his daughter, at bay from destroying one another... Mm-hmm has exhausted him. Yeah. And they're basically eternal beings, but the son and the daughter look about twenty five mm-hmm. and the the father looks about six thousand years old. He's father time. Yeah. He's old. He's, um, his beard's had, like do you two remember is, that type to learn like, program we had to
1: do in elementary school? Uh huh. And they had father time. He was sitting in that flying Corvette and he just had that pointy hat on and the yeah. beard, you know, over his shoulder Falling out the window. Past him. Yeah. Exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So he's brought there, and basically... Like a comic strip Dumbledore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty close. Um, And so uh, some crazy things unfold, and the son feels very, very threatened, because he... The light side of the Force is not less powerful, but it's less power-hungry. So the son definitely feels like if the daughter... If his father's not there, he can can overthrow the daughter, Mm -hmm. or he can at least rule over her. And so... He kind of makes a power grab. Yeah. And in doing so,
1: um, he knows he needs to get Anakin on his side. And I think this is maybe one of the most telling things about Anakin himself mm-hmm. is that all the son had to do was show Anakin a vision of the future, mm-hmm. and Anakin immediately turned dark side. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and the father was like, hey, no, 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 no cheating. You know he yeah, yeah, yeah. he knew it was too to soon. The sun. Or, yeah, yeah. And he basically took away those memories from Anakin, which is crazy.
0: I know. Um, there's that really iconic picture that you see every once in a while floating around the internet, Instagrams, the internet or Instagram, where cartoon Anakin is like this, and there's that Vader helmet mm-hmm. over him, and that's the vision that he gives. Yeah. He basically sh- says like, here's what's gonna happen. Shows him the future. Yeah. Shows him Vader. You hear the Vader. <sighs> <sighs> And then when the son, or the the dad's like, no, none of that. Yeah. You know, and and basically, because in the old no, E.T. Yeah. memory wipe.
1: Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, stuff that you don't see anywhere else. That's what uh-huh. makes this arc so insane. The power that these yeah. guys wield is on another level. Yeah. And uh, and you see Obi Wan draws his lightsaber because I think Obi Wan finds the father first, and uh. Obi Wan does he an says uncharacteristic, what do you with? Anakin? yeah, and he's obviously very protective of Anakin, mm-hmm. and so
0: goes to you know,
1: kind he, of fight the father. Yeah, he kind of does the
0: whole, you better not screw up my, with my friend. Yeah, but he holds a freaking lightsaber up to the father's face, and he just he the father just grabs the lightsaber and
1: shoves it back into, into the hilt, the hilt. <laughs> which is incredible and also one of the least impressive things we see him do. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. just mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, he um he doesn't just
1: he grabs it.
0: Yeah, he, he just does. He puts doesn't his hold the end on there. You know, in in the Rise of Skywalker, you have the Kylo and Rey thing where they use the force to grab it with the force. Mm-hmm. But this guy bare hands bare hands grabs the end of the lightsaber and then basically is going,
1: Yeah, like you would do with a toy the, lightsaber.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to put a toy lightsaber back yeah. in, the, like, in there. You're like, in it in." Yeah.
1: But yeah, he you just, always have that one that's stuck more than the rest. So then the the little bits all the way in they're there. They're just jingling inside. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Just,
0: You know, you end up stabbing yeah. yourself to get it in there. Yeah, you finally just punch yourself with your opposite hand to get that collapsed again. Um, but basically, the son realizes he's got one play, mm-hmm. and the one play is to kill dad. Yeah. Typical dark side bullcrap. And um, there's a uh, there's a blade armor of mortis. And uh it's
1: basically It's kind of disappointing looking to be honest.
0: Yeah. But it makes kind of sense. It's kind of the I was thinking, oh my god, what was it going to look like I was like tripping, you know? And when I saw it, it was very Indiana Jones. I don't know. This is a couple of Jesus would going to drink out of. This is going to sound stupid,
1: but I and I understand that it's a cartoon series. But the dagger looked very cartoony. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it didn't look proportionate to a weapon. The blade at the base of it was as white as the daggum cross guard. It was just nothing that anybody in their right mind would have forged.
0: Yeah. I think the ideal was... more like a tooth. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it looked like you know when you're it watching... It looks like a canine tooth. When you're watching Deadliest Warrior and they're like they had a dagger made of hound's teeth. Yeah. Like, it was very... And I think that's the idea is it's very archaic. Yeah. It's very like, actually this dagger is uh, 250,000 years old. It's doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, so... I can't exactly recall how they get their hands on the dagger. Because the son cannot get to it for some reason. Anakin has to get it. Actually, I think it's Obi-Wan that goes and gets it.
1: And the daughter Is it in the dad's house or something? No, it's in some... uh, At the altar? It's like it's some volcano almost. Like the base Mm -hmm. of a volcano. And Obi-Wan has to go down and get it. And then he gives it to the sister. And then Anakin, I think, tries to use it on the son. And then the son steals it. Tries to kill the father with it, and then, you know, obviously... Basically, daughter. The,
0: the son, he's typical Sith, Sith. is yeah. scheming, and he I can't remember why, but the
1: son can't get to the dagger. It's, it's put somewhere that's unreachable by them. The father, on purpose, constructed that area to be mm-hmm. impenetrable by any of them. So,
0: but anyways, he says, you know, he's going to kill the father, and he says... "Um."
1: The well, Jedi do
0: The Jedi brought the dagger, you have brought yourself. Yeah. And basically that's him his way of saying, I'm going to kill you, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to get my way. And typical light side, mm-hmm. as he goes to kill the father, the daughter jumps in the way, and yeah. the son kills the father. The son kills the or, sister. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the daughter. Yeah. And
1: what's crazy is that uh, he was really upset by it. Yeah. He didn't want to kill her. He wanted mm-hmm. to kill the father. Yeah. Which is interesting because he would still have to overthrow
0: her. Well, I think his... It's weird because, again, you have that dark side struggle within yourself that you don't want to do the wrong thing. But you also want complete power, so Mm -hmm. you'll just do what you got to do. I don't think Anakin... You know, you see all the memes where, like, Anakin's killing a kid or whatever. Um, But that was extremely painful for Anakin to do. It's mm-hmm. not he didn't want to
1: do that. You know, it seems like it was even difficult for him just to kill the Trade Federation leaders
0: and the Separatist leaders because he seems pretty upset by it. Well, think about that. Just at the beginning of that movie, which is like days before, right. You got Dooku, who's a total douche and totally deserves to have his hand his hands and head cut off and he's really struggling yeah. to finish the What's deal. What's interesting is and that nobody was, was mad. Nobody was like, oh, freaking Anakin, why'd you do that for? Like he, yeah. no, you know, I'm sure Mace Windu, who's kind of the the darker of the Jedi as far as like what he's willing to do force-wise right. was like, "It's got to happen. Good job. You know, <laughs> he's too dangerous to be left alive. I like the
1: parallelism that uh, Palpatine says that Dooku's too dangerous to be left alive and then mm-hmm. Windu says that Palpatine's too dangerous to be left alive. That it was both their rationales.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. So, all that to say, there is a struggle within the dark. Mm. You know, Kylo doesn't want to kill Han Solo. You know and, what I mean? And at the same time, he does. And at the same time, he does. Yeah, There's that he's, struggle He's of, tortured by his
1: weakness, I think, is Kylo's thing. Well,
0: Kylo's thing is he's drawn to the light. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like... Uh, he's the opposite of Anakin. He wants to do good. And Anakin's like, whatever I gotta do, I'll kill whoever. It didn't matter. Kids, yeah. whatever. Kittens, throw them at me, and Kylo essentially sacrifices Han Solo on the altar of. Now I'll feel like, I have the power. Mm-hmm. Now I'll feel, and uh, there's that moment.
1: Which is a pretty Sith move. Um,
0: yeah, when you have Malgus who does. I was going to say he, thing. he does the Malgus thing, except for it works for Malgus, right? Um, and so. Basically, the son... I don't think the son ever... Wa- I don't think he really wanted to kill the father. And I don't think he ever wanted to kill the daughter. I think he
1: I think he was... I think he
0: was just sick of being second fiddle. I think he wanted to kill the father.
1: I think he really did. Because he seemed to have genuine hatred for his father. He was saying that he was dying too slowly.
0: Hmm. Um, yeah. I think that there's a built-up... Uh, I think he was the, just tired of being restrained. And he was yeah, have seen there's his father an, as a roadblock. Exactly. But I think there's a... I don't know. There's later on when the son ends up being killed, He's his feelings are hurt that the father would be in on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, it
1: seems almost more to me that it comes from a place of pride that, you know, I can betray
0: you, but you wouldn't betray me. Mm, that yeah. you see me replaceable to yourself. It's also you know? really interesting that that's one of the moments where you're like, okay, so I guess father and daughter are just light side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then the dad's like, yeah, I'll help you kill my son. And you're like, there it is. There's the darkness in you, pops. <laughs> so after the daughter is basically knocking on death's door, the son has used Ahsoka and kind of infiltrated her mind mm-hmm. to basically, you know, force Anakin's hand to help him and give him the dagger or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to die. And the daughter, who has saved the life of the the father... She, as her last thing, reaches over and Anakin is like a weird conduit who takes the power from the daughter and transfers it to Ahsoka, saving her life. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, the very next episode, they're stuck there and it's just the son and the dad. The father's dying and he basically says, I don't have much time. We've got to defeat my son. And it's a kind of a sad moment because you're hoping that the balance is that... I mean, we know that what Anakin has to do. But in the moment, if you're just living episode to episode, we're hoping that the balance is Anakin just stays on mortise and replaces the father. Right. And we're coming to the realization that it's more of an ironic balance where we're just going to make the balance sheet say zero. Yeah. And kill them all. Yeah, kind of a, a foreshadowing of what he ends up doing. Right. Um...
1: It is something that needs to be mentioned is that the father to test that his theory was right made Anakin try and control the son and the daughter. And he does. He just manhandles him with the force. Right. Um, and you kind of get that cool like yin-yang aerial shot where they got the courtyard that uh, kind of is, it looks like a solar calendar almost of all the things that happen uh-huh. on Mortis. And it has, you know, all these symbols to represent the balance that's there. Very cool scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I always, just, I always was kind of, not frustrated, but like, I don't know. How it, does he have that power, but then... But at the same time, he's so manipulated.
1: And I think about how any like Jedi how he, who could have fought General Grievous could have just used the Force. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. that power that was just over. And maybe
0: on Mortis, because it is obviously like a planet almost created of Force energy... Maybe it was like Everyone's it had just, to happen there. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was a unique event. I don't. I don't really know. You know, it's just can, one of those questions. That I never can had an see answer. the father going, "Okay, my work here is done," and almost lends his power to Anakin. Does it make sense? Like in a way, it it, it seemed like that
1: came from Anakin entirely. Yeah, like yeah, the father yeah. definitely had to manipulate him a little bit, but mm-hmm. just to push him over the edge to do it, right? But it looked like so, that was all Anakin to me.
0: With the with the daughter gone, if the son is not destroyed, dark side dark side's way too powerful. Way too powerful. Um, and so basically, the father teams up with the three Jedi and they kill the son. Mm-hmm. And after that's done, the father kind of he's pretty much just waiting to die. Kind of Padme esque. It's just like, well, now my heart hurts. Um, And he says, well, now I'll die with a broken heart. And Mm -hmm. that really sucks because he's just trying to do his best. For all of eternity, he's just had these stupid two kids fighting. And the last thing he has to do is watch both of them die by the sword. And he's like, well, that's it. Yeah. And so the father, like you said, very Yoda is just like, I need rest. Like, I've had enough of this. Yeah. Um, So he gives it up. And in that moment, he says just as I, you know, I hoped you restored balance and if, uh, he goes, now remember this because you need to do this again. hmm And he says, but protect your heart. That'll preach." But, um, so he dies and Mortis, in a strange, backward, terrible, sad way, mm-hmm. the balance is restored. Kind of to take the whole microcosm
1: idea a little bit further. Uh, the father brought Anakin and hoping that he would just kind of manhandle both sides and then he ended up killing everybody, which is exactly what the Jedi did. Yeah. Hoping Anakin would come in and have their perverted idea of what balance is. Have you ever seen that meme where it's Thanos with the blade and it says 10,000 Jedi zero Sith and perfectly it's like balanced. perfectly balanced is all things should be. Yeah. Um but and then he ends up literally killing everybody. Yeah. Everybody involved.
0: Yeah. It's a very sad But pretty realistic way, of the way things needed to happen. And then basically, they take off in their ship and they wake up. And it's a very, again, a very Chronicles of Narnia moment. They come out of the wardrobe and Rex is like, you know, Skywalker, I've been trying to reach you, sir. We lost you there for a second. And he's like, Rex, it's been like five days. What are you talking about? And he says, I don't understand, sir. Yeah, so there's a a time warp there Mm -hmm. where when you're doing things in that realm of the force... You know, everything else is suspended, which also sucks for them because it's been
1: five seconds, and for them it was several days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just
0: God, that would go on forever. Hyperbolic time chamber yeah. to the nth degree. Yeah. And uh, if I the that father, I'd be ready to die. That's yeah, right. You're like. It's been 10 seconds. What do you mean? We've been here 6,000 years. Imagine
1: an eternal road trip with screaming children in the backseat. That's hell. Yeah, that's hell. I'm getting this dagger. I'm gonna you fix never, this myself. You never get to the destination. You die before you get there. You have to kill the kids before you get there. <laughs> and before the murder-suicide is uh, is like a million years.
0: Yeah. Imagine a, the,
1: a million years of agony to be capped off by the worst agony and you never get there.
0: Yeah. Imagine oh, the mist what a terrible existence. Imagine the movie The Mist
1: for oh six hundred thousand years. Dude, watching that movie, I was so pissed won't get
0: to the end of that movie. I was like, this was a waste of my time. Dude, I don't know. Also, why. Sam Whitware was involved in that he one. Was, R. He R. was R.I.P. Sam in that movie. Um, and so really that's all we know from canon lore. And uh, there is a very cool moment that actually leads to the world between worlds and rebels where there's a giant mural at an excavated Jedi of, Temple of on of the Thaw of the Ones. Mm-hmm. Very now, here's what's very interesting. Is that if you look at that mural, you have the father, the son, the daughter, and the daughter on her shoulder has this chubby bird-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And every time Ahsoka does something significant... That bird is there. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. I think the bird's name is Morai, and I have no clue what her significance or its significance is. It almost seems like like a mythological reference. Like the Force is like watching over her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I guess I'm going to get into some spoilers here as far as Rebels and Clone Wars are involved, but whatever. They're both actually done. You should have seen them if you're a real fan, whatever. Uh, but in Rebels, Twilight of the Apprentice, everybody assumed that Darth Vader had killed Ahsoka, Mm-hmm. But if you're watching it kind of frame by frame, as fans like myself are want to do, uh, as you're leaving the temple, right before you see Vader like hobbling to his ship to leave, uh, Ahsoka's not dead. She's like walking down into like an underground tunnel almost, and as Vader's walking to his ship, that bird is there, and then. Fast forward in real time, backtrack in Star Wars timeline, when they get to, um, at the very end of the very last episode of Clone Wars, um, we assume that Ahsoka, I mean, we know she's not, but they assume that Ahsoka and Rex and all of them are dead, Um, and as Vader is looking at that crashed Star Destroyer with all the clone helmets and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. um, you know, He's not Anakin anymore. He's Darth Vader, which I thought was super boss way to end the show. And flying above him is that same bird. Hmm. And so, I don't know, eventually maybe we'll get a cartoon or a book or something that'll explain in depth what that is. But Dave Filoni's all about it. He is all about it. Yeah. Um, And so it's kind of an inside thing for hardcore Soka fans. Um, So on Lothal, whenever you're about to walk in and try to do that world between worlds action you see that bird on the, the daughter's shoulder and I don't th- it's not a smaller version of her whatever she transforms mm-hmm. into it's either like an extension of her or it's just an animal that she owned or whatever um, but it's very interesting that they tie all that together mm-hmm. so um, that's kind of all we know as far as canon have to think does that bird teleport like a little wolf that's what I'm saying it's definitely yeah. uh, I don't want to say spiritual it's a force yeah. you know, entity of some sort you know, loath wolves. What the freak is going on with that? Or they're, they're just ding-dong. running. That's yeah. the thing I
1: love and hate about rebels. Is they bring in these cool things and then they stop.
0: Yep, nothing to do. Nothing hate to it. see here. Uh, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of like whenever you uh, are watching an old Bugs Bunny cartoon and Bugs Bunny throws on a uh, costume or like a something to hide his identity, and he's like are oh, you looking for a rabbit what's up doc oh he's about this tall big long ears like these oh fluffy tail like this he eats a carrot like this <laughs> never heard of him you know what i mean yeah. like that's how it is it's like oh i'm the Bindu. i'm the one in the middle see ya yeah. like that's it um
1: loath wolves all that stuff yeah rebels is kind of the embodiment of that meme where it's like oh no anyway <laughs> yes, exactly,
0: and I'm sure. I'm
1: Something sure
0: incredible happens, and then I think some of that is more. Dave Filoni has so many stories he wants to tell, and so instead of telling
1: one really well, he tells all of them. Not at all. <laughs> he has them in his back pocket for a rainy day. Some of them, I really I mean, think that. I mean, I'm sure, but who knows? What if he dies tomorrow and we never uh, get it? Don't, don't you.
0: This is the real world, man. People die. Ugh, it's not Rebels where people never die. <laughs> Kanan's like, I'm even dead and I'm back. Rise of Skywalker. What is his name? Krillin? <laughs> Krillin, oh my god. Back from the dead again, again, again. <laughs> okay, so Legends. Whew, this one's a spicy meatball. Um, I have no clue what our time is. We're in it. What, where were we at? I don't know. I wasn't tracking. I think it was... 40
1: minutes ago. We started 35 minutes ago. Okay,
0: that's fine. Um, So, uh, Legends material. So, here's where all that timeline you are talking about comes in. So, in Legends, it's a little bit different. In Legends... um, So, in canon, what we have now as far as Clone Wars and all that stuff, there's no real beginning. In Legends, the ones are mortal to start. Except for the father. I know it's kind of a hard thing. Anyways... But they're so, so, so powerful. It's almost like the concept of gods and demigods. Yeah, they're so powerful that their existence threatens the known galaxy, so they remove themselves to um, a planet that's not named. It's just known as it's a tropical planet. That's all we know. And uh, there are two force nexus on this planet now if you're like i don't know what that is you're losing me a force nexus is a place or a item not an item but like a location usually a location um a very specific location most times Mm -hmm. for instance if you've seen episode five the empire strikes back when luke goes into that dark side cave that is a force nexus where the dark side of the force is especially powerful Mm -hmm. and can trick you into doing things that will lead you to the dark side And that's why Luke has that vision. Yeah. And it forces him to forego the rest of his training and go to Bespin. Or
1: a more recent reference in The Last Jedi, that little suck hole. There's in, that in dark the side Jedi cave temple. at
0: the bottom of, uh, yeah, the, the near yeah. The, the mouth of the island yeah. that Ray falls or into. Apparently, uh, there remains the Death Star on Yavin. Mm-hmm. So uh, those, that's what a Force Nexus is it's an area or a location that is overwhelmingly strong with one side of the Force or another. Mm. Um, so, on this planet that they banished themselves to, you have the father, you have the son, and you have the daughter. Same three characters, same characters, not similar but different, same exact characters as in Clone Wars, um, and as they're introduced, they're introduced in a book series called The Fate of the Jedi, and they're really not that important except for they are the origin story of this Fourth character. So while the father, son, and daughter are on this planet, I, in my mind, they're at two poles of the planet. You know, and you could have like King Kai's planet where it's like the size of this room, right. um, but I imagine it's a smaller environment. And there is the the font of power, um, and I looked it up. It's not fount. It's font, um, which is strange. But there's the font of power, and there's the pool of knowledge, and so. These are basically like the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. It's basically we can exist here forever, but don't touch these things. Um, so the son, who is drawn by the dark side of the force, um, drinks from the fountain or the font of power. Classic. Goes full dark side. You have the daughter, contrastly, that is drawn more to the light side of the force, and which this was kind of a conundrum for me because to me, obviously having a Christian background. To me, you're only as good as you are obedient. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she breaks the rules as well. So I was like, well, that's dark side. But she breaks the rules and she bathes in the uh, the pool of knowledge.
1: How how fitting that the light side you get consumed by it by
0: cleaning yourself. Right. Right. These ablutions will possess you with the light.
1: You know, don't do
0: it. It it actually kind of reminded me of that fountain or that place in in dwarves where she has to go. That uh, queen has to go dip into to. To get her magic. Mm, You know what I'm talking about? So anyways... um, A force nexus of its own. Of its own. Yeah, Yeah, a magic nexus, if you will. Mm -hmm. So you have the son who drinks from the font of power, and you have the daughter who bathes in the pool of knowledge, and now they are immortal. And apparently the dad's always been immortal because he doesn't do either one. So he's the balance because he doesn't do either one, but he's... I don't know. They don't really explain it that well. But these two go from... Mortal, but very powerful, or semi-immortal to full-on, we're living forever. Um, and then about 100,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, which Can is a long that freaking time, time. Living that long on a planet
1: with your dad and your sister? <laughs> Kill me. I'd go dark side.
0: I'd go full dark side. <laughs> so there's a young human lady. Um, we don't know what her name is. But she crash lands. On this planet, which kind of seems whatever to me, but whatever. If if the father's like all powerful, he can be like, oh, no, no, we don't need any more troubles here. You go back. Uh, but she crash lands there and she becomes a servant. She becomes a servant to um, the whole family and basically like anything they need, she does it for them. She's mm-hmm. kind of like their nanny, but they're a hundred, hundreds of thousands of year old. Which, but
1: that's – that on, on its own, I'm like – they're, what, several hundred thousand years old at this yeah, point? Yeah, they're, they're
0: timeless. They're ages. And now
1: they're going to take orders from somebody who's, like, what, maybe 30? Right. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't. So. Listen, here, here a whippersnapper. I've got turds older than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've taken dumps
0: that took longer than you've been alive. So, um, basically. What if they did?
1: What if they pooped for, like,
0: 50 years? Like I mean, thing. why not? That's a long
1: poop on the toilet.
0: Right. 50 years. I mean, I imagine once you... Once you become like an embodiment of one or the other sides of the forest... You don't cook anymore? You probably don't need to eat. I don't know. It's a I weird would like to. I would still like to eat, yes. Um, so basically... Some tasty forest coconuts on the um, tropical <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go to the forest beach. Do some forest surfing. Um, so the this woman, she becomes a very integral part of this... Family, this mm-hmm. environment, whatever. And uh, basically, she becomes the mother. And they start calling her the mother. um So you have the father, who's pretty much all powerful. You have the son, who's an embodiment of the dark. You have a, the daughter, who's the embodiment of the light. And then you have this completely non force sensitive, mortal young lady who becomes the and mother. How the frick does that work? I don't know. But it's because of her devotion uh, to them and all that stuff. I don't care how devoted you are, you're 30. Right and so uh, basically um, she loves them and cares for them and the father has a hard time um, has a hard time keeping the son and the daughter away from each other, away from fighting all that stuff and the the mother has this talent to keep everyone satiated everyone's happy. she even she even teaches or convinces the dark, side the sun uh to use his power for good and he, so there's like cliffs and stuff where they live and instead of using it for evil he uses his forced lightning which is red which yeah, is super dope say, which is red um to create like ha- homes and hallways and stuff out of these cliffs so it's like very nice yeah so she's doing all this cool stuff well anyways the thing is though she's still mortal right and so she's she begins to age so by the time she's getting older and she's she's reaching her mortality, uh, the peace can't be kept anymore, and so this argument starts breaking out between there. the right between the the son and the daughter, and um, so she's very very desperate. She feels she's at her wits and she's too old to physically get in between everybody and be like, hey, y'all stop it, you know? Like, let's be real. She, she never could have. Was right? she ever powerful enough? So here's what she does, dude. She runs and drinks from the fa- from the font of power. What if you have a f- a Font Power uh, Mai Tai while you're sitting in the uh, light side pool. What happens then? You're about to find out. She she drinks from the Font of Power and then goes and bathes in the Pool of Knowledge. She should have done it at once. And she becomes the most powerful force user of all time. And it alters, like, everything about her. Basically, her body is destroyed, almost. And it becomes this next level thing. And she becomes so powerful that she nearly kills... Um, the son and the daughter. And so um, to, save, uh, to save the family, the father basically uproots them and takes them to, I'm guessing, Mortis. Mm-hmm. And while they're there, they basically encapsulate um, this, this uh, island or uh, planet that she's on in a part of space called the Maw. And she's stuck there forever as long as... As there's balance to the Force. And so as the light and the dark continue to coexist for 100,000 years on Mortis, she's kept in basically like a cage. Similar to if you've seen the show Supernatural, like the cage from Supernatural where you can't get out unless you're let out. So she's stuck there because there's balance. And so really, even though she destroys herself and nearly kills the ones, she helps them keep that balance because if they're angry at each other and one kills the other one then she can get out Mm -hmm. and so during Clone Wars the son accidentally kills the daughter while trying to attack the father and then the son has to die but it happens in such quick succession that there's still balance and so that's kind of kept and then things get a little bit out of balance but then Anakin comes around could get in the grand scheme of things what's Mm -hmm. 20 years to 100,000 years so 30 or so years after um, the events of the Star Wars that we know, um, Han and Leia's son Jason, not Kylo, this is from Legends, Mm -hmm. Jason Solo falls to the dark side and becomes Darth Kytus. Darth Kytus destroys multiple things and kind of shifts things back and enough of a shift takes place towards the dark because he feels like the dark has to be powerful enough to keep peace. So he's kind of following in Incan's footsteps. I'll go as dark as I need to do to create peace. And as a result of some of those things, the Maw is opened up and Abeloth is released. Nice. So um, after that whole shenanigans is done and Kytus is defeated, um, we think we're doing great. And basically Abeloth comes to wreak havoc on the known galaxy. And her thing is, if I can't be the mother to my kids, who are now dead... Then I'm just gonna wipe everyone out. Sick. And so she, her goal is, um, again, she has all these force powers, right? So she changed from a no- normal human woman. Yeah, think about like a venomized <clears throat> Mara Jade. Yeah, she's like she's very much like that venom character where mm-hmm. um, it talks about if you saw her in her natural state that she has like. Uh, an overly large mouth and all of her teeth are like very, very sharp. Like almost, like very much like venom. Um, And then from her elbow down, instead of having arms and fingers, she has tentacles. And it's just a very like, her body's just been wrecked by the force and there's this imbalance inside and um, it's kind of like menopause, basically. (laughs) Uh, And so, uh, so basically, they have to destroy her and... More like menotentacles. Tentacles pause tentacles (laughs) Okay, good one. Uh, So at this point uh, Luke Skywalker uh, Man, there's so much that goes on But basically if she touches you she can drain some of your energy from you because she has all these force powers right? And if she can take some of your essence um, She can was also present for yep if she can take part of that essence into herself she can then change her appearance to look like you. Mm. And so, long story short, she's like this close. If you're just listening to audio, my hands are very close together. Um, She's so close to... uh, She has taken some of the... uh, She's drained some of the Force essence from this very popular senator who's on the rise in the the New Republic. And she's going to become the head of state and basically just declare all-out war and basically just destroy... All life is, everyone knows it. And Luke and some of the other Jedi are the only ones who know what the deal is. And so long story short, they fight and they go into like almost like a spiritual world, very world between worlds Z before that was around. Mm-hmm. And so imagine you have Earth and then if there was just like a, almost like the upside down mm-hmm. of Star Wars where there's all these other things that are going on. And so Luke Skywalker is fighting her one-on-one, because Luke is the GOAT, and he's fighting her one-on-one, and he's just flowing with everything he has in the Force, and he's not strong enough. And out of nowhere comes some Sith, and no one's ever seen him before, no one knows who he is, and how he got to that astral plane in the Force, nobody freaking knows. But he comes out there, and Luke is distracted by him, and is like, "Yo, what the freak is going on with this?" And basically, the Sith is like, "Shut up and help." Um, and so they join forces for a small time, and there is a there's a pool um, in this place that they're fighting. It's it's I know it's getting deep water here, but imagine it's very much like in the Harry Potter. It's the deep end of the pool. Imagine it in, like in Harry Potter. Remember, whenever uh, if you go through that um, that mirror, that you're basically dead. Whenever they're fighting in the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, it's not
1: exactly how it works, but yeah.
0: But you get the idea, right? So um, if you die, that's where your soul goes, or something like that. Yeah, if you fall through it, you're. In there you're as toast. you die. Okay, so that's the same thing. So there's this pool. Maybe this person ripped it off from Harry Potter. I don't know. But there's this pool where if you fall into there, you're into eternity. Your soul's taken. And basically, there's that's, that's their afterlife, essentially, mm-hmm. um, for those who don't have the power within the force to transcend that place. And so they fight, and they basically barely make it to where she you know is defeated or falls into the pool or one or the other i can't remember i think she has she falls into the pool or they push her into the pool because you have this sith who's darth crate one of the you know most powerful sith ever he's going to come generations later to upend the jedi but that's down the road um so him and luke force her into the pool she's defeated and as they resurface Craig goes his own way on this astral plane. We don't know where he goes. And Luke re-emerges to the known world from the time he's living in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's spent... She's barely been beaten. And everybody's like, yo, so what happened? And he says, she's gone. But she is so powerful. No one else has ever broken out of that eternity, basically. Mm-hmm. But if anybody could do it, Abeloth could do it. And the way that the series, The Fate of the Jedi, ends is that Luke and Ben Skywalker get in his ship and they just start fight. they just go searching for Mortis because it's very much kind of like Luke going out to find Octo after mm-hmm. Kylo falls to the dark side Luke d- knows that he cannot defeat Abaloth but with the art with the Mortis blade mm-hmm. he could and so the series ends with Abaloth out there somewhere she's not dead She's she's restricted again. She's kind of back in a in a in a cage of another sorts. Mm. And Luke and Ben are out there hunting the Mortis blade because if they have the Mortis blade, they can end her for good. The series ends March of 2012 and then like later that year Disney buys it. We have no clue what happened. We don't know what happened with Abeloth. She's not gone. Does Luke and Ben find the blade? We don't know. But as of right now within canon, they're all gone. And in Legends, Abeloth is out there somewhere trying to re-emerge to take her vengeance on the galaxy. Luke and Ben are just hunting their little tails off trying to find that blade before she's back. And Luke says, she'll bide her time. But I want the Jedi to have this blade just in case. And we never know if they find it or not. Crazy. So, yeah, pretty intense. Pretty wild world. Yeah. So that's the ones. Uh, so in canon... Father, son, daughter, and in legends, father, son, daughter, and then kind of adopted mom who turns super evil, and um, they kind of describe her as she's so evil that it's like past dark side. There's just it's just aimless. It's just evil incarnate. Hmm. Um,
1: so it's, I kind of think of it as like the anti-force. You know what I mean? Like if there's yeah, there's no, the no balance whatsoever. The the balance of life and death. Hers is just. Chaos, and non- non-existence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a balance. Even with Sidious, there's a mm-hmm. there's order. There's you know, it's called the first order. You know what I mean? There's there's an empire. There's you know, there's some people that you would say, you know, well, we enjoy, we like the empire being here because there's finally peace in our corner of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, judged by any metric. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> and so you know, once more the Sith will rule the galaxy, and we will have peace like there's still an order to even the the bad side of things in star wars and abeloth is absolute chaos and that's what makes her so scary is because she's just unpredictable it's just death and destruction destruction for its own sake um and so if you're interested in that story go look up the fate of the jedi series we'll drop a little picture in the video um but uh it's a nine book series it's by it's a lot of content Aaron Alston, Troy Denning, and I want to say this is Christy Golden's first Star Wars. If I'm not mistaken. I'll look it up. Perhaps. Um, I can't remember what Christy Golden writes else that Star Wars that's new. I haven't read any of her work. What is she Personally. Let's see. Christy Golden, Star Wars... Um, let's see. Pulling this up. Uh, I did have a question for you. I wanted to know what you thought about, um, if Anakin had just been able to control them from the get-go. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I was thinking about that, just hypothetically. Because the father would have to believe that Anakin would somehow acquire the longevity to be the balance long-term. Mm-hmm. Oh, My? she wrote Dark Disciple. Duh. Oh, did she? hmm I remember uh, George Lucas' daughter did like the original work for
0: that story. Yeah. Yeah, she had the George Lucas' daughter was the one who had the idea, because she was working with Filoni's team at Clone Wars. hmm And she kind of wrote the story for Dark Disciple, and then Christy Golden was the one that oh. brought it all together into novelization form. Wow. I don't know how I didn't know that. I've yep. Read that book multiple
1: times. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, but anyway, I think that the father, once he was sure of Anakin's willingness to do the thing, mm-hmm. would probably have found some way to, like, bond his life with Anakin.
0: hmm
1: If I'm the father, that's what, you know, I, you know, have ridiculous, outrageous force powers that nobody's ever heard of. Do you, th-
0: when you say bond the, his life to him, do you mean, not an essence transfer, like a dark side thing, but... No, because that would be more of a possession that would displace right. Anakin. so do you mean just charge him up i think i mean there is some element
1: of the father's anatomy that enables essential mortality Mm -hmm. you know it's essentially
0: so transfer that immortality but still the father dies no matter what right Right. anakin becomes the father right so i'm thinking stepdad anakin that there's some sort of way that
1: the father would be able to pass that attribute of his physiology onto anakin right um otherwise this is just a band-aid that wasn't like a
0: yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he, Anakin's looking procedure. for not Anakin. The father was looking for. This he, will begin to make things right. Right. Called the Force Awakens. Uh, very interesting concept, and I it's very crazy because I want to know more. Right. We and all. And that would be a cool book or whatever to see. Mm-hmm. To have um, like a canon version
1: of the backstory of the ones. That yeah. Would be very cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember we didn't as Tim Zahn to write that as I was yeah. As I was writing or reading the Fate of the Jedi series, I just remember thinking, we may have gone a bit too far with the villain because I just don't see a way that we can, as the good guys, Mm -hmm. I just don't see a way that Avaloth can lose. Yeah. It's kind of Um, like a
1: Thanos situation.
0: Yeah. Or Galactus
1: if you're a deep Marvel fan.
0: Right. So it's... They did find a way and it wasn't time travel, thank God. Um, But... Still, it was just so wild that it was Luke's last, like, non-canon words were, I'll be right back. This isn't fixed. Right. You know? Um, but think about that. That's that's part of the reason that the Luke Skywalker from the sequel trilogy is not enough for some folks. You know? Right. I I loved him in the sequel trilogy, especially when you get the full story seven through nine when he's coming back and, you know, his force ghost is so strong and those things. But when you've read the books Right. And you the see nine like books from Legacy of the Force and of. the nine books Fate of the Jedi. And I'm not talking about there are some people who say from the Dark Empire comics when he pulls a, a Walker down, it's like, Yeah, but that's Dark Side Luke. I'm not talking about just physical. I'm talking about just his the depth of his relationship with the force. Mm-hmm. You know it's something like, else. I could give a good god dang about Snoke or Palpatine or anyone else. We're talking about Luke Skywalker here. Yeah. And I think that's where the disconnect was yeah. for the max, super deep hardcore max fans. Max power Luke Skywalker. Max it's... power and max control.
1: Yeah. Not yeah. a hair out of place. I don't think there's I mean you just you have
0: never seen anything like it, you know. Yeah. And in movie makers defense I don't even know if that makes a good hero on screen. Because right. there would just be two hours of him just kicking butt and taking names, and then we'd all go home. I'd be able to watch it. Think about it. You watched Rogue One. What was your favorite part? Vader. <laughs> the Vader Slaughter scene, right? So if you could watch that for two hours. Yeah. I guess. I would do it. I guess the, the
1: height of Anakin, or, oh, sorry, Luke, that we get from the sequel trilogy would be his. Uh, faked duel with Kylo Mm -hmm. you know that's the most powerful thing we see him do bro
0: there's a concept art from I want to say from Colin Trevorrow's Rise of Skywalker ideas where Luke appears to Kylo and is like you're you're failing you're not gonna you're not as strong as you think you are. You need to come back to the light. Palpatine's too strong for you. I can't but there's a moment, anyways, I can't remember exactly what he's saying. I was reading kind of the script that goes along with the concept art. And Kylo gets mad, you know, per usual, and swings at Luke. And Luke is like and just holds that blade. And why we never saw that on screen, I will never forgive myself. I don't know why it's my fault, but I'm still upset. Yeah, Um. Yeah. even with that super powerful display of having like a full
1: astral projection, essentially. You know, right. he's fully formed enough to deceive somebody, you know, three, five feet away. Yeah. Still nothing compared. It's not compared, the same. Yeah, still nothing compared to what we saw.
0: Yeah. In and I get material. that you can't, you can't do a god complex on him. Yeah. But I would love to just see your best efforts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for those of you who are still tuned in, that's the ones. So in canon, there's just three, in Legends, there's three and a half, kind of. Um, but yeah, if you enjoyed this, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this video with your friends and Star Wars fam, and um, if you have any comments or questions or, hey, I like this character, talk about them, we are definitely open to suggestions. Uh, So let us know. We'll see you guys same time next week. And remember, whether
1: you're the father, you're the son, or you're the daughter, the only family
0: you have here is me. We'll see you all next week.